Ah, so you're wondering how we got to Agelfia. Well, sit down, have yourself a drink, and I will tell you the tale. My friends, Adam, Dirk, and I were in the Drunken Breeze, a small tavern in the town of Vago. There we were, three friends, light on coin and desperate to get out of Vago. Commiserating our ill will when three dragonborn arrived and mistook Dirk for another person with an unfortunate face, a bounty hunter of some reputation. The dragonborn was searching for this Wellesley person as he was to embark on the IHA Silver Sail, which we would soon find out wasn't an ordinary ship, but a flying ship. While we were going about the rest of our night at the Drunken Breeze, we caught wind of a plot against the IHA Silver Sail, and that this same airship happened to be embarking for Egelfia. And there it was, the opportunity to forever change our lives. So we planned to impersonate this Sir Frederick Wellesley and board the IHA Silver Sail so we can travel well and far from Vago to here, the city of Agelfia. Now I have many, well, let's just call them friends, and one just so happened to be a wizard with fake identities. Now he wasn't a literal wizard, just, well, you'll see. The friend of mine, Davis, uh, he worked for a crime lord in Agelfia. I leaned on Davis with some secrets, and he agreed to help us with the identification that would be needed to get aboard the IHA Silver Sail. As it turned out, Davis sold us out to his boss, Petrid, and Petrid introduced us to his pet, Displacer Beast. Unfortunately for Petrid, Displacer Beasts make for terrible pets when you forget the carrot and only use the stick. Do Displacer Beasts eat carrot? Anyway, I was able to turn the beast back on Petrid as we escaped with our new identification in hand. We gathered all we could from our homes, or what was left in mine at least. Hey, did you ever find out your lifelong friend's parents were, in fact, in a cult? by eavesdropping on them? Yeah, me, me, me neither. Well, our little white lie worked and we were welcomed aboard the IHA Silver Sail as Sir Frederick Wesley and company. The flaw in our little plan is that we would have to continue to convince an entire ship that Dirk was a Sir Anything. At the guest dinner, I thought I caught Dirk staring at the other guests. I think he was trying to remember which spoon to use. Uh, well, we weren't done in by the lack of table manners, and I did get a good feel for the rest of the guests. If there was an assassin on board, I knew they would likely be at this table. What we didn't know at the time, but I highly suspected was the case, was that a certain halfling woman was in fact the assassin. Here's a quick tip, if you ever are looking for an assassin at a dinner party, simply look for those that are inexplicably in love. It would have saved us some trouble. You see, this halfling woman was on her way to Agelfia, or at least that was her story, to meet her betrothed, who she was madly in love with, although has never met. Never. As in, not once. Or twice. 
zero times they've met, or at least that was her story at the time. But as it turned out, the assassin on the ship had already struck, and the real Sir Frederick Wellesley was dead and deposited in our room, and of course the body was found by the one person aboard who had a divine talent for screaming bloody murder. Adam and I did our best to defuse the situation, while Dirk, evil chivalrous, fled the scene of the Wailing Woman, leaving Adam and myself behind to try and convince the ship's head of security, Zaza, from pitching us overboard. Zaza and the rest of the ship, quite incorrectly, thought us the murderers, the assassins, and killers of Sir Frederick Wellesley. My clever convincing had nearly won Zaza to our side, as we were really just some harmless do-gooders that needed a way to get out of Vago. We simply thought Wellesley wasn't going to make his trip aboard the Silver Sail. We didn't know he was the target of a dastardly assassin, nor did we kill him. Well, we were jailed on board, which I suppose is better than being thrown overboard on a flying ship. Our stay was cut short by pirates, hired to secure the assassin's escape. The damage they caused to the ship freed us from our jail cells, and we were left with a decision. Save ourselves, or save the ship? Of course, being the heroes that we know that we are, we leapt into action. We assailed the pirates, we attacked the assassin, but the last... The ship was damaged in the attack and careening for a horrific crash at sea. Dirk and Adam did their damnedest to right the ship, but they needed yours truly to helm the ship for a safe landing. Of course, we were thanked endlessly, hailed as heroes, you know how it goes. And that is how we found ourselves here. And believe me, the story is just getting started. The next time we meet for drinks, I believe the first round will be on you. Until then.
welcome to Dice Heist, where we roll the dice and see what we can get away with. How you doing, guys? I'm Bronson. I'll be playing Adam Vaudeva, our wizard rogue. Aaron, how about yourself? My name is Aaron. I'll be playing Bertram Dirgestride, our resident human bard. And over to you, Nick. Welcome back, guys. My name is Nick, and I am playing Dirk Vilgoff, the arcane trickster. Over to you, DM. Hey guys, uh, we're back on Dice Ice today, and we finished up our first arc last time, so woo, yay, all right, let's get into the fun of this, because now we're in Agelfia. Uh If you guys had a chance to listen to our episode 10.5, I think is what I'm going to call it, uh, you guys kind of got a little bit more info about the changes that happened uh, for the guys in the city. Um, the cool new stuff that they were able to get, and also the... Uh, just the way the world is different here. Uh, they are now investigators in the city, and Bertram had an odd encounter with his father that he thought was dead. Uh, and we're actually going to pick this back up right now as Bertram is walking home from that encounter. So, uh, Bertram, what are your what are you thinking as you're kind of like walking down the street towards? Uh, your apartment building. Uh, Bertram's trying to grasp for any any clue, any any kind of you know unturned thought, just line of thinking not followed. Just he he is utterly perplexed. Like he is. He, not only was he sure, without a doubt, that his dad was dead. Also, the the guy just spoke with like his his demeanor was his father's but it also wasn't as so he's 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 just uh his head spinning quite frankly yeah as he goes uh just kind of on autopilot I'd, I'd imagine on his way back uh back home to their apartment yeah so as you you mentioned, you're kind of on autopilot right now. Uh, you are able to use your little uh, key card to buzz yourself in. You go up the stairs to the of the building, and you use your key card again to open up your own door and swing it open. Uh, and inside, uh, Dirk, you want to explain what's uh, kind of going on there? Yeah. So as Bertram opens the door to the room. Uh, he sees an an, uh, an unusual sight. Dirk has these uh, strange gadgets attached to his feet that kind of look like spiders. Um, and he is walking, walking uh, down the, or through the room, and he just kind of takes a big step and plants his foot on the wall. And as he does this, he continues to walk up the wall as he's as he's reading uh this, <laughs> this what what would appear to be a uh a pornographic magazine and he just keeps walking up the wall and then he takes another large step and now he's walking on the ceiling and then he looks and sees Bertram enter the room <clears throat> oh hey Bertram hey welcome home right and then <laughs> and Dirk uh, kind of clicks his feet together and 
falls to the floor, and as he does so, he lands back on his feet, uh, walking back up to Bertram. <clears throat> hey, here. Uh, I got you one of these. I uh, made it myself. It's a it's an immune system booster. Uh, when I when I made them, I kind of tested the first one on myself, and it it did this weird thing to my voice. Uh, but you know, it's okay. Uh, the second one worked. So here <laughs> for you. So you're telling me that I'm going to sound like you? No, no, not at all, not at all. I I, I worked out the kinks, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, it uh. It, I've been like this for a while now, and I'm not sure if it's ever going to go back. So, uh, you know, <laughs> right. used with your own risk, but uh, it, sh- it should help you uh, defend against, you know, poisons or disease or whatever. So, you know, use it at your own risk. You you keep saying that, and it's... I, okay, I, I'll just... It's, it's, fi- it's, it's fine. Sure. It'll be fine. Somehow, you're not the most shocking thing I've seen today. Really? Yep. Well, what's more shocking than this? Uh, I think all signs point to my father is alive. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't... Yep. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've looked over the evidence, and I've spent some time thinking about it, and uh, he, he's most definitely alive. I see. Well, damn. Adam, get in here. Uh, Bertram uh, has some interesting news. Dirk, as you call out for Adam, you get no reply from his room, uh, and you quickly assume that he must have snuck out when you weren't paying attention, or maybe he never actually came home and, you know, you were too busy messing with your concoctions to notice. Or he's just being uh, a dick and ignoring you. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> that's that's also a possibility, but not a common one at least. He would at least, you know, give you a disheartened... Acknowledgement of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially after your conversation about uh, Gandon. Sure. Um, but another thing that immediately comes to mind is the notebook that is in your pocket, uh, Dirk. Uh, Each of you has this notebook uh, that was given to you by the police department. And on the first page of it, it allows you to magically send a message to different individuals. So basically by writing Adam's name in it uh, and then writing a short, basically text message sized message, uh, it will appear in Adam's version of the journal of his journal. Ooh. Uh, And this is how the police department contacts you when they need your assistance. Does the journal vibrate? <laughs> yes, that's things. exactly. It, yeah, it like <laughs> makes a like faint buzzing noise and like, um, yeah, it it, it kind of kind of does that when it happens, uh, and yeah, <laughs> but all three of you have one of these, so cool. <clears throat> all right, well, uh, looks like Adam isn't here. Uh, he must have snuck out when I wasn't paying attention. I guess I'll just uh, page him here. Uh, Adam, come home. Bertram has news. Bertram's going to go find um, his liquor stash, and hopefully it hasn't been raided by his roommates. Yeah, you're able to find your liquor stash, and it's, I mean, they've had a few drinks, obviously, uh, but most of it's still intact. Uh, 
Bertram's just gonna yeah fix that problem <laughs> yep yep i kind of figured uh also thank you so much for uh catching the pun <laughs> <laughs> that was a fully intentional pun and i'm so glad you guys got it Woo. uh <laughs> uh so yeah bertram is now totally getting shwasted and uh dirk is just giddily running around the ceiling and the walls <laughs> Uh, I have a feeling that Dirk may have taken one of his alertness boosters and is now a little jittery. (laughs) That's why he's running vertical circles or some shit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But if that's all you guys want to talk about tonight, um, you guys can head to bed, so to speak. Um, Well, well, Dirk wants to do one more thing while Bertram's knocking him back. And... As he's just kind of walking around the ceiling while Bertram is just getting wasted, he's just going to step on the ceiling, just kind of like walk directly around him and just come up right behind him. Hey, pour me a shot. (laughs) You don't have to sneak up on me when you'd like a drink. Just, Just sit down like a normal person, please. Eh, all right, if you say so. He just kind of clicks his heels together again and drops and just lands in the stool just right next to him. Well, then. All right, where's that shot? I'm going to grab him a glass. It's a, it's an actual glass, <laughs> though. I'm just going to pour a, <laughs> like a couple a couple fingers. Um, okay. And then they'll, they'll proceed to get wasted together and just kind of pal around and be idiots. Gotcha. You know, be idiots for the rest of the evening. Yeah, so we'll leave you guys there, and we'll catch up with Adam as he's walking home as dawn is just now breaking. Uh, He's walking back through the city after a long night of kind of just mingling and getting a better feel of the surroundings and taking down notes of locations of different places and stuff like that. Um, He's stopped at the local Java shop around the corner and is carrying a, uh, a little basket that has... Uh, three drinks in it as he walks up towards the uh, the uh, building. And Adam, when you come in to the building, into your your apartment, you see uh, Dirk and Bertram are sprawled out on the floor uh, in the in the kitchen. Um, there are several bottles now empty, uh, just kind of rolling around on the floor next to them. <laughs> and Adam's gonna walk over to a. Uh... A table or a countertop, set the drinks down, and then come lay down, not directly next to them, but like in the same floor <laughs> space and just kind of chill there. Okay. So, what's going on? Zed flies by and lands on his head. I'm just going <laughs> to groggily like roll over and put my arm over Adam's chest and like... <laughs> Scooch up next to him. (laughs) Actually, hang on. Pause for one moment. Can you make a constitution saving (laughs) throw, please? (laughs) We're going to determine if you're still drunk or not. (laughs) Uh, Save. Do we we know if Bertram can hold his liquor or not? 
I mean, Bertram can hold his liquor, so. Especially, okay. uh, I had a natural 19 for a 22. Okay, nice. so yeah. you are are a little groggy, maybe a little, like, uh, got a little bit of cotton mouth going on, uh, and your head has this dull ache to it, but just because you haven't had any water yet, but it's not like it's the severe hangover either, and you're, for the most part, pretty sober when you, when you wake in. But you, you kind of sprawl your arm across Adam's chest, and and this is how you, you kind of are getting up. <laughs> oh. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you're not the uh, worst sight I've had in the last day. <clears throat> Did you uh, run into someone? Uh, n- no. No. Hey, my dad's alive. But didn't didn't you tell us that he's not? Oh before? no, he 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 certainly was was quite dead. Um, so I thought. Um, all evidence I have so far contradicts. What I knew before. And the biggest piece of evidence I have, namely, is that he was alive and he told me himself that he was uh, alive. Well, did you ask him maybe one of those personal questions that only he would know? Um, you know, the whole conversation's a bit of a blur um it was it was quite shocking really that's understandable and uh, not only as it turns out is is he alive but um as it would seem he's uh, rather important here in Gelfia. Like a whole whole double life sort of thing, maybe. Um, I don't I don't know really what to do here. I suppose the question is do you Want a relationship with him? Of course, or? of course. Uh, he's he's my father, right? For the longest, it was just the two of us. I, I just there's not any explanation I can think of that makes any of this make sense to me. Probably the best move I suppose would just be to talk with him more oh um yes we're definitely definitely going to do that um DM remind me he gave me a way to contact him or a place to go I can't yes recall so uh, as you're like stumbling in your mind, trying to remember what happened that night, trying to remember that 
uh, you reach into a breast pocket uh, in your jacket and you find uh, the card he gave you that had the address of his business or rather his office as he told you he was the uh, the speaker of this district. Ah, uh, there we go. I'll just kind of flick the card. Yeah, Adam will try to commit its information to memory. Yeah. And then give it back. Um, is it just me? Are your, are your parents uh, secretly um, well-to-do folk from another city? Sorry, were you talking to me? <laughs> Never mind. Of course not. <laughs> well, I suppose I'm going to start uh, breakfast. Have you slept? You look awful. Dirk jumps up. Breakfast? <laughs> Did someone say breakfast? Yes, and you're making it. What? Yep. Um... And as you guys are talking about breakfast, uh, you notice that uh, Adam has brought you guys each back coffee from the Java shop around the corner. Oh, yeah. I, like, set it down on, like, a countertop or whatever. Yep. All right. So next time, don't let me prattle on about my now-not-dead family while you still have coffee. Okay? Lead with coffee, Adam. Okay? Then it's life-altering <laughs> story time. Adam's going to crack a grin and then look at Dirk. Come on, Dirk. I'll, I'll help you out with breakfast. Yeah. All right. Thanks. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have any family to talk about, so uh, we're going to have to talk about something else. <laughs> uh, I was trying so hard. <laughs> uh. I didn't, didn't realize I was going to come home and we were all going to have a, I don't know, a moment or something. But I will, I will tell you though, Gandon is on our ass. He knows where we live. He knows who we are. So us getting drunk was not the best idea, but you know, you only live once, right? Hmm. <laughs> Unless, well, maybe, perhaps we, we we all live twice, but just from another city, right? Fair point. We could go into the finer philosophical <laughs> details of that statement, but I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, as you guys are discussing your hunger, uh, each of you feels a small buzz in your pocket, uh, except for Dirk. Uh, your uh, your owl is uh, holding your notebook in its mouth, and it it just starts buzzing. And uh, there seems to be a message for all of you. Ah, Zed, give me that. Come on. Ah. Dirk takes it from Zed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as you flip open, uh, it displays a message uh, in kind of this blue ink that is written across the page, uh, and slowly fades to black. Um, and after a few moments of it being on the page, it, it dissipates as well. Uh, but, uh, you flip it open and it displays a message that explains that there was a break-in at a warehouse, uh, down by the docks, 
Uh, it mentions that it was owned by Alchemco and uh, that your presence is requested immediately. You will be met by a forensic team immediately as well there. Uh, and then at the bottom, it's signed uh, Sir Nergrim Mudbreaker, who is your uh, officer who is in charge of you right now. Well, looks like we have a breakfast date. All right. right. Well, let's hope it's something interesting at least. Let's go. Is it within like a decent walking distance or is it long enough where we might want to actually use our quad motor? Uh, yeah, I think based on where you guys are, it'd be best for you guys to use your quad motor to get there quickly and efficiently. Um, plus you guys normally take that into work anyways. Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. We don't walk to work. Sure. The poly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, so you guys walk down to your building and parked on the street is your kind of beaten up quad motor. Um, it's a little rusted and the doors creak heavily when you... Pull them open. Uh, who's driving? Out of out of curiosity. What skill is used to drive in this game again? Uh, it, it's based off of dexterity. But dexterity. I mean, uh, I yeah, am okay. proficient. Oh wait, no, Dirt. I'm not. I was thinking of Otto. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Dirk's pretty good at driving. Okay, do it. Okay. Yep. Dirk will uh, drive around and then. Okay. Yeah, so Dirk starts up the car. I'm going to need Dirk to roll me a D6, please. D6? Uh-oh. Yeah. You don't want a one. It's not going to use. It's a six. Okay, yeah. So the car starts off just fine, and you're able to uh, get going down the street and following all the traffic laws that you can. You're swerving a little because, you know, you're still a little hungover, but you're managing. Um <laughs> And you finally stumble along to the docks. Uh, And as you guys are approaching the docks, uh, you guys are coming down and up ahead you see the building that was referenced in your notepad uh, as you guys were given the address. But uh, as you approach, you see this warehouse and there's just this enormous hole, probably about 10 foot wide um, in the side of the building. And there's just rubble kind of like, it seems like there's some sort of burn marks on the outside of the the brick and all this. Uh, there are a couple vehicles outside. One seems to be some sort of large transportation vehicle um, that seems to be bringing stuff to the warehouse. Uh, and the other is uh, the forensic team's uh, quad motor that is sitting outside. Uh, so yeah, you guys kind of are able to pull up and go from here. Um, I'm just—I'll hop off the quad motor and kind of adjust my uh, black vest and tuck it in my white uh, collared shirt. And uh, I guess we'll just look for Mudbreaker or whoever looks in charge of the scene at the moment. So uh, as you're kind of looking around, it seems like uh, there is one. Um, lower-ranking officer kind of standing off to the side uh, towards the investigative team that's waiting to go in, and uh, she is currently talking to what looks to be the security guard of this building. 
Um, and she's taking down notes, and uh, she looks up and notices you guys standing there and like, oh, welcome. Uh, you guys are here. Good. Uh, I was starting to take down notes on her statement uh, on what happened. She made the call, uh, but the chief told us to wait for you. Well, here we are. Yep. So uh, the chief's not actually coming in on this one. He's uh, held up with paperwork right now. But uh, he, he sent me along uh, with this uh, small notepad that should have all the information you need uh, on the call. So she passes over a, a notepad, and instantly she, she passes it over to Adam, as he's the one who normally takes care of the records for you guys. Mm -hmm. um, and Adam, when you open it up, you kind of leaf through it real quick, and it, it explains that a call was made in to the department uh, earlier this morning about uh, this break-in as the security guard had woken up and taken the rounds and noticed this giant hole, but did not wake up from any sort of explosion or any sort of, you know, commotion or anything like that. Um, and that's that's kind of what this is uh, goes over in that. It was more of a record of that conversation between dispatch and the guard. Okay. Uh, uh, Adam would be basically just copying the notes from their journal into his okay yep yeah so uh you copy over the notes and i'm sure you you read it aloud to the others trying to yeah. give them a a good starting point um and then they you're informed that we haven't gone in yet but uh now that you guys are here i can send in the uh, forensic team to kind of start combing over everything and get a better idea of what's going on but uh yeah this is the floor is open to you to decide how you wish to go forth with this investigation. Uh, before you, there is the giant hole in the wall um, that you can kind of peer into the warehouse with. You notice that the um, the other vehicle that was parked there, other than the forensic teams, uh, has a logo on it that said Alchemco Transportation. And um, you see a few uh, workers waiting by the back of it uh, towards the back of the warehouse. And, um, you also see, uh, the forensic team, which is a group of three people, uh, who normally will go in with you in a crime scene and collect data to take back to the labs to examine it for you. Okay. So DM, is this a large warehouse or laboratory or factory or what, what is it? So it seems like it's a large warehouse. Okay. Um, and it seems like there's only a handful of guys here to show up for work. Um, they seem to be just here to load things and unload things as, as they're moving in and out. So, okay. Are there, are there visible windows to this warehouse? Uh, yes, there's high windows just to allow light in. Um, they're about 10 feet off the ground, so it's not very easy for you guys to see in. Um, there is a door, uh, not far from the hole that was made in the wall. Um, that you can enter in. However, the hole is so large that you guys could literally just step over it into the, the warehouse if you chose. Okay. Dirk's going to start by uh, using his uh, his new gadgets for spider climbing to kind of climb up the wall a little bit to get a view into, the, into one of the side windows before going into the hole. Okay. Dirk is getting a better vantage of the uh, the inside of the warehouse right now. Uh, Adam, what are you doing currently? Adam's actually going to look over at Bertram because you mentioned that there were 
only a handful of workers that were correct. Are they just off like kind of like sitting around waiting for the forensics team and whoever to get done? Yeah, that's what working? it seems like they're doing. Okay. No, 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 they're not working right now. They're waiting, as they um, were told. You also can notice now that you're kind of taking a little bit more of a look over in that direction mm-hmm. uh, that there's someone else over there that seems to be in some other form of uniform talking with them. Uh, and it seems like it's getting somewhat heated, especially on the side of the workers. So, Does he look like he's wearing like an alchem coat? Or, yeah. No, he does not. Uh, you could make a... Just make a straight intelligence check to see if you recognize this. It's not going to be a super difficult DC, but... Sure. Here. So I got a net 18. Okay. Yeah, I think with your plus three, that should be plenty. Cool. Um, you are able to determine that that is definitely the Dock Master, uh, who's probably giving them the bad news on the rescheduling of their uh, their shipments for the day. So. Okay. Okay. Just based on that interaction, that's your first guess as to what that, that conversation is without having to hear anything going on. Um, because you guys actually live uh, towards the city gates. You have to deal a lot with the docks often, so this is something that you're kind of semi-familiar with, the workings of, you know, what's going on here. Um, but Bertram, what are you doing initially as well? well I was actually going to ask Bertram something, if I could, real quick. Adam, yeah, look go ahead. over at Bertram. Um, do you think you'd be able to go over there and ask that Doc Master if anything here has been misplaced? I doubt that someone would make a hole in the wall this big just for the sake of vandalism. Of course. Um, see if you can tell how the hole was made. You got it. Isn't this some good quality music? This is Nature Claimed Ruins, Hallowed Grounds by Mark Colette from BattleBards.com. That's where we get all our background music and sound effects for the show. What is BattleBards? BattleBards is the most premium audio library ever created for the tabletop gaming experience, along with tools built specifically to use the audio seamlessly in-game. Tailor-made background music inspired by fantasy races and locations, voiceover scripts written to bring life to everyday NPC interactions, and a colossal array of bone-crushing, spell-blasting sound effects. This is BattleBards. If you're looking to get the best value out of BattleBards.com, I would recommend giving BattleBards Prime subscription a try. With this monthly subscription, you can enjoy streaming access to all BattleBards content, access to all BattleBards tools, including their soundboard and mixer, the ability to upload and mix your own private audio library, and 20% off all purchases of sounds you wish to permanently add to your collection. 
I think this is enough for me. Go check it out for yourself and see what they have to offer. Now, let's get back to Dice Heist. You guys have kind of split up into uh, the first tasks that you guys are completing. So we'll go back to Dirk real quick. Dirk, you're able to kind of get a quick surveillance of the room. Um, and before you even make any sort of check, uh, you can kind of see fairly close to the giant hole that was made. Uh, you see a bunch of crates that have been completely destroyed. Um, and a few more that are still kind of mostly intact. Um but there's also a large amount of debris in that area as well. Uh, from other things that have been crashed down, some equipment for moving things. There's a, uh, some sort of mechanical device used to move the crates and all that that's, you know, tipped over. Um, there's a bunch of glass on the ground and all that sort of thing from your initial look over in that area. Um, you can also see that there is uh, both the entrance that's a little bit closer to you now because you're about on the, you're close to the side of the wall where... There was the giant hole, um, but there's also a giant open dock door in the back um, that kind of leads out towards the docks directly, allowing them to kind of transport the uh, the goods directly out to um, the boats to take them out to sea or uh, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, also, I'd like to see if I could just kind of summon Zed inside the building to uh, near the near the roof. And just kind okay. of peering through his eyes to just get a get a scope of what's inside the building. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So you're able to to pop Zed in there, uh, and he gets a similar overview as well. Uh, the rafters are quite dusty up there near where he is summoned in, um, but for the most part, the warehouse is uh, you know kind of dusty and dirty. But it seems like the area where the uh, the debris happened is kind of kind of large so okay and there's nobody inside that correct there's no one inside right now everyone has been evacuated from it uh there was no workers there immediately uh when this was reported it was just the security guard who kind of took a quick round around the building and discovered that this has happened so okay cool uh and you can actually tell from your vantage point that there's um a small like uh oh what's the best way to put it like viewing area uh, that seems to be the security office mm-hmm. up above most of the uh, the warehouse, kind of on its own little second floor that kind of views down above. So it was kind of put in the report that they were asleep when all this went down, but you're not really sure from looking at this how someone could sleep through that and still be, you know, that close to the action of what just, what happened. Right. So next we'll go to Bertram who is walking over towards the uh, few warehouse workers and who Adam informed you is the dockmaster, or at least someone who works for the dockmaster's office. Uh, and they're, they're currently discussing, and as you get a little bit closer, you can hear a little bit of the conversation. And it's kind of like, uh, basically, the workers are a little upset that their schedule has now just been kind of crammed into the ass end of the day, and they're going to have to work double time just to try and get their quotas out. So... 
there's a little bit of frustration there, but the Dock Master is kind of staying pretty firm and kind of, you know, calm and level-headed with this conversation, telling him, like, there's nothing he can do. He's just doing what he's told and all this, so... But that's when you arrive, uh, and they kind of look over at you. Good morning. Morning. Uh, are you the Dock Master? Yes, yes. Uh, could I yes, help you? Uh, I'm going to uh, borrow you over here a bit. I'll just kind of lead him away from the others, if I can. Excuse me, good man. And he'll he'll kind of move away from them. And yes, uh, how how could Both I help? Morning, him? Ah, you, you could say that again. Ugh. Since uh, the department has told us we can't load anything or unload anything into or out of this warehouse we're kind of pretty slow up for the day probably push us back a couple days even honestly but we'll get it done once they get over their griping over there sure um who was the first person uh here who, who noticed the hole uh well I-, I was told it was the security guard but i mean it seems so bizarre that they were here the whole time didn't do anything about it wonder if she was just scared or new to this. I don't know, but seems a little odd to me. I don't think she's going to be keeping her job, if you know what I mean, on that one. Perhaps. There could be plenty of reasons. Um, On on that note, has... What exactly is uh, moved through this warehouse? Why would someone put a hole in the wall? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. From what I understand, Alchemco sends most of their byproducts here, or their unrefined materials here, to be shipped out for other bits and all that and sold in these larger containers, but I don't know. It's it's not normally expensive. Some of it's even just waste that they send us to dump out in the middle of the ocean. No, so, by waste, do you mean chemical uh, byproduct? I would assume. I'm not very clear on how at all the details of the company's workings. That's definitely a question you could ask of the uh, oh, Alchemco themselves. But as far as I know, I just get a manifest of what needs to go out a brief description of what it is and what we're supposed to do with it. But other than that, I'm not sure. I just kind of organize what's going on here. Do I get the sense um, if he's leaving anything out? Um, is, he, is, he, is he giving me the company line that he has no idea? Or does he actually have no idea? Uh, go ahead and give me an insight check. Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. So with the sixteen insight, you are able to pick up that it does seem like this is something... He's just giving you the spiel that he normally does. It feels very routine when he's saying it. You don't know if that means that there's a little bit more underneath it, or if it's just, you know, if he actually knows more. But you, you, you can tell that this is at least a script he's been giving or been told to give or something along those lines. 
Hmm. So, I understand you're in a bit of a tough spot here. Your men can't continue the work till we've completed ours. And on that note, are you sure there's not anything else you could share with me? If we are done here faster, your people can continue their work faster and that's just less headaches for you. I mean, I have my manifest, but you really need a warrant for that. I can't just give that out. It's got some sensitive information on it. Well, um, um, the thing with warrants is they they can take quite a while to procure. Maybe even days. You'd be looking out on not just, you know, uh, less than four days of work today, but maybe even multiple days while we get the paperwork in order. And until we do that, the scene couldn't be touched and you couldn't continue to move Alchemco's products. Uh, go ahead and make a persuasion check, please. Come on! No! Come on. Uh, natural 2 for 13. Oh. He's like, eh, I mean, if that's what's really got to go down, I guess, but I don't think Alchemco will be very happy about that, and they'll probably push for your department to come up with a more speedy solution. I'm sorry, I, I really, I... I can't. It's it's purely by the book. I, I apologize. I know that it'll make your life easier. It'll make my life easier. But this is my job, man. I, I can't... I can't be going all willy-nilly and, you know, bending the rules just because it'll make things easier. I wish I could every day, but... Very well. It's just not how it works. I wouldn't want you to lose your job, of course. Um... Tell me, the uh, person on guard duty, uh, you said that maybe they didn't realize because they were new. Is this person a new hire for you? Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen her around here. Her, although I'm not normally here when the night shift guard is in, but uh, yeah, she's over there talking with uh, your one officer, but I don't know. She's, uh, yeah, I've never seen her around. I mean, it seems like a rookie mistake, I guess, but she admittedly fell asleep. So, I, mean, I don't know how you keep your job when you fall asleep on guard duty, but psh, who knows, I guess. And what kind of uh, waste products need to be guarded? Well, I mean, you always have a few people coming around and they'll try to loot anything they can find. There's always those desperate few around you know and he kind of leans in a little bit if you ask me them kobolds are always looking around here in the docks looking for something to eat something to steal something to make money off of I mean I don't think they'd find anything in this warehouse but I think they're mostly looking for vandalism but I don't know and are you aware of anything that has gone missing was, is this a case of a wall now made holier, or is something gone? From what I was told, there seems to be some waste material that has been both vandalized and stolen. 
there you'll notice when you go in that there's a few crates um, my observations are only from looking in uh, there was one person who has had a chance to kind of go in there and actually look and it was someone from your investigative team they just kind of took a quick overlook of it and but it definitely seems like there's some crates missing and like there's there's been some destruction in there I don't know for sure I wasn't in there yesterday but you never know all right. Well, um, keep hanging around. We may have more questions. Uh, yeah. Um, he'll give you his information, um, so you can contact him via your notepad. Uh, and he says, "Yeah, just go ahead and send me a message. I'll be over there towards my office." And he points a little bit ways down the dock. I've got a couple other uh, things to organize today, but. I appreciate you guys coming out here as quickly as possible and doing your best to figure this out so we can get everything back in order and back right. to normal. Until later, and I'll head over to whoever's talking to the uh, witness, the guard. The guard. Yep. Okay. So uh, we'll kind of skip back to Adam. And Adam, what were you up to? Uh, yeah, that's right. You were heading over to the wall to kind of inspect this new made door in it yes uh, I would like to use my uh, detective's pack that crime scene toolkit that it came with mm -hmm. and if I could if possible use the alchemist toolkit as well um, just to try to like help collect whatever residue um might be on or nearby those burn marks. Try to f try to like at least gather that information with the alchemist toolkit, and then use the crime scene toolkit to figure out what it is. Is that right? Yeah. No, that sounds fair. Okay. Uh, so right now you're using the crime scene toolkit to get a brief idea and at least kind of get an idea of which directions you need to go with with your alchemist toolkit when you get the the samples back to. Um, the lab, which you do have a lab within the police department. Um, it's kind of their job, the uh, the three assistants, um, to kind of go over all that. Um, but you often use the lab as well for your own means as well. Oh, yeah. if Especially if we're on, like, some sort of actual job. I yeah. would just do it there just to make sure that no one could say that I contaminated shit. Correct, uh, yep. You know, in, in my own house or whatever. Yeah, so you are... Uh, currently examining it, and as you look at it, instantly, you initially thought it was burn marks, but as you look a little bit closer, there's no scorching or anything like that. Is it um, acid, which, maybe? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what you think it is. It seems like there was some sort of acid that ate through this brick. Fucking knew it. I was like, it's either acid, or someone casted the silence spell. <laughs> yep. So, go ahead and make a uh, perception check, please. Okay. D20 came out to a 12, and then at my perception, plus 9, so 21. Okay. <laughs> All right, I, so I 21. I seeing that, I think. No, that's, that's, I mean, it makes sense. All right, so um, your perception check reveals that there are some brick particles on the ground around where... Uh, around the outside of the wall um, almost as if bricks were smashed but not 
dissolved in acid. I mean, you see plenty of sludge that looks like it could have been the bricks kind of like dissolved in the acid, but there's also kind of some dust particles that look like they're just they're just chips of brick, almost as if it was broken through and not entirely burned with acid. But so, you're not really sure acid. why. Someone, I think someone shot some sort of container of acid into this. So I'm guessing maybe it made an impact. And that's why there's little brick particles and other dust particles. Yeah, go ahead and make an investigation check to see if you can find evidence to back that up. Uh, and this one you can make with advantage since you're kind of taking your time to kind of... Yeah, I'll take the 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, per that pack. Mm-hmm. So it's either an 11 or a 13. We're adding 9. That's 22. Okay. So, yeah, with with the 22, you're able to kind of comb over it. And as you do so, um, you also reveal that uh, the bricks in the building show that they were bowed out, um, indicating that it was definitely smashed from inside by something. Uh, it's almost like, you know, you know when you see when in movies where... someone breaks a window. Yeah, when someone breaks a window or, like, when uh, someone breaks through a wall in movies and all that, you see how the bricks kind of, like, turn outwards, even the ones still attached to the building. Right, You're right. seeing that a little bit here. Okay. It's not a lot, but it's enough that with this amazing perception check or uh, investigation check, you were able to pick up that this is happening right now. And on top of that, you can kind of tell that it seems like the amount of goo and acid is not enough to like make up the amount of bricks that this would have been. So there was some sort of cleanup done, but you're not sure why, and you're not sure why it wasn't reported. Okay. Hmm. I can definitely tell that it was a cleanup and it wasn't... Yeah, you, you can definitely tell that this, this might not have been completely an acid thing, and you're getting a slight suspicion that it's possible that the acid was almost a cover-up for it to make it look odd. I, I would like to... Uh, you don't, we don't have to resolve this now so we can get to someone else, yeah. but next thing I'd like to do is basically just try to take a walk around the entire warehouse mm-hmm. and see if there's any other points of uh, entry where it looks like someone may have fiddled with shit to get in. Like, if someone okay. maybe... Uh, broke in somewhere else and then, I don't know, opened up some fucking container and let something break out or some shit, because... Yeah. Yeah, that's... I just have to follow it. Who knows? Yes, no, that's fine. Yeah, so you start wandering around the building. Yeah, real quick, before he starts wandering the building, I wanted a quick interaction between uh, Dirk and Adam, because they're both yeah, like, okay. nearby, near the hole. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Adam... What do you see? I uh, I see there's a, a, a something that they use to carry crates around. It's knocked over. Looks like things got pretty bashed up in there. What what you got over here? I would check to see if there was any violent altercation because it looks like this hole was created from the inside out with acid. But but maybe not entirely acid. I'm still trying to figure out what impacted it. Something definitely impacted it from 
the inside. Hmm. All right, I'll take a look inside and check it out. So Dirk will want to first probably check out that um, that uh, vehicle that's used to move around crates and stuff, see if that has anything to do with it, and then yeah. generally investigate the area. So as you do a quick examination without before you roll your checks, uh, you can kind of see that this piece of machinery seems a little rusted and older, but it's it's just kind of knocked over. Um, you're not sure if it was some sort of altercation. Um, you kind of look around and uh, look on it. You don't see anything super telling on what might have happened or how it happened at all. Uh, but in addition, you're kind of looking around and you see on the ground there's all these smashed crates. Um, there's a few that are lying kind of partially open. Uh, and you can see inside there's these little rows of vials kind of in the in the crates. Um, but go ahead and make a perception check. Okay. Ooh. Well, the 19 plus 5, so that's 24. Uh, okay, so with a 24, you actually pick up quite a decent amount. So while you're looking at uh, this kind of this area, you see uh, that the crates seem to actually be a different color. Like the wood on the outside, it doesn't match the pile of crates just to the right of it um, or to the left of it. And there's there's different labels on the crates, obviously, but what's really standing out to you is it doesn't seem like these crates have been sitting out near the dock recently. Um, it's almost like they haven't been exposed to the elements of the salty air and the salty breeze lately. Um, and with that giant back bay wind bay door, uh, if these things have been sitting in here for about a week, they should have been exposed to something, you know, by now, you know, so you find it kind of odd that they're not quite matching that color. I'm also going to give you that you notice that there's a bunch of glass, on the ground um, but when you look at the small fragments of the glass you notice that there's no way that these could have come from those vials it's almost like like you pick up a small fragment and you're able to examine it and it looks like it had to have come from something with much thicker glass just from the the dimensions of it okay interesting okay so, uh, once we're done with that little bit of investigation, uh, we can kind of go back over to Bertram as he's chatting with the, the guard who was on duty. Uh, so yeah, you approach her and she's wearing a uniform quite similar to any sort of modern day guard uniform. Uh, she seems to have, um, some sort of firearm at her side. You're not quite sure on exactly what it is in its holster, but she has that. Um, she's wearing a cap and she, she looks very concerned right now as she's just kind of sitting there kind of waiting for you guys to release her. So good morning. H hello. Uh, my name is, uh, Bertram. And, uh, can you tell me a, a, a bit about your experience last night in this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name's, uh, Cordic. Um, and you can see she's a dragonborn. Um, her scales are white, uh, for the most part, almost translucent. But she's she looks kind of 
she looks as pale as, as any dragonborn could right now, uh, even with the white scales. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think I can walk you through what I've told everyone so far. So you'll notice that on the second floor, there's a small guard station inside the warehouse. That's, that's my office. That's where I sit. I regretfully fell asleep on duty last night. And when I woke up to the sun coming up from that hole, I, I saw I saw the hole below. I, I, I just, I didn't see anything else other than that. And and I called it in I, immediately. I, I just, I don't know how this could have happened in my sleep. I, I, I can't believe I fell asleep to begin with, but okay. yeah. Well, um, let's put aside what you've told everyone else for a moment. Just... Tell me, um, up to falling asleep, uh, <sighs> is there anything out of the ordinary? Um, anything no. unusual? I mean, it was it was quiet like it always is. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything. I just, I just kind of. You know, nothing was going on. It was quiet. I just started dozing off waiting. It's a hard day yesterday. In in what way was it hard? Oh, you know, uh, I got another job, you know, See? and didn't get much sleep. And it, I just, it's, it's not an excuse. I should have been awake. I should have done my job. Where else do you work? Uh, I, I work, I work as a security guard. During the day, down at the main office for El Chemco. So, um, anything unusual during your day job? Uh, no, no, no. It's pretty normal. I mean, security guards normally don't see much going on. It's just more, you know, the once in a while that makes us worth it. Right. I guess. Um, unfortunately seems you may have been sleeping during your once in a while. Um, tell me more about that. Uh, would your friends describe you as a heavy sleeper? I mean, I didn't think I was, but apparently I must be if someone was able to blow a hole through this wall. Why do you think the wall was blown open? I, I have no idea. I mean, just look at it. I mean... Something must have broken it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what happened. <sighs> Do you know uh, what is kept here? Why someone would like would want her to steal something? I mean, I mean, they don't tell me much other than it's waste product and byproducts that are sent off for other uses to other places. But I mean, I don't, I don't keep close track of it. Right. I understand that. And there is what they tell you you're guarding, and then there's what you come to know that you're guarding. Well, I haven't come to know that I'm guarding anything I'm not, so if that if that's what you're insinuating. I'm not insinuating anything. Just that, you know, no one told me that you're supposed to bring donuts every Tuesday when I became an investigator, but 
that is what happens every Tuesday. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Ah, uh, I mean, pretty much out here by myself every night, so... Why do you say pretty much? Well, I mean, the first few days there was some other guy who taught me how to do it, but... For the most part, he slept his entire shift, too. Is that usual? Uh, the night shift to uh, have a snooze at the dock? Um, she kind of rolls her eyes and... Yes, that... I'm, I'm not... I'm not coming from a place night of shift. trying to get you in trouble. I simply just... Have never... Hung out with a guards person... The, the night shift normally okay. does. They, they snooze. I mean, it's... Unless you're in a dangerous part of the, the city, you just snooze. You don't, you don't got nothing going on. Not really worried. We, we got locked offices in most cases where we can view these things from. So what's what's the real worry, I guess? I don't know. And, and when you have, you know, I've been here for four weeks and nothing. Nothing new. And it just... You know, I kind of got, kind of let, you know, the rest of my day get ahead of me. I shouldn't have done it, I know, but that's just what you do, I guess. I don't know. Do I get the sense of her trying to avoid any of the subjects we've talked about in particular? Yeah, go ahead and make an insight check. Um, but as you go to make this check, uh, you actually are interrupted in your conversation with her mm -hmm. by one of the forensic team. Uh, as Adam starts walking around the building, uh, the forensic team kind of points something out to him, and immediately, directly from that giant hole, you see kind of this very faint trail of uh, debris. It uh, looks like pieces of wood from the crates. And there's also seems to be some sort of dried substance as well on the pavement. And it leads over towards a sewer, uh, like a manhole cover. You kind of are pulled away from your, your discussion with her as this is going on. Uh, and the investigative team is, you know, one of them's scribbling something down in their notepad. Uh, says, all right, well, the boss says... Uh, says that we should go investigate this right away. We should... You guys should go down here. Um, and and as as the, uh, the lackey is saying this, um, you each feel a buzz in your pocket on your notepad saying, you know, go check out those sewers now. Don't worry about the warehouse. We'll have the investigative team sweep over it. You guys can check it over after. But I need you guys to follow that trail. If you want to, I don't know how you want to end that interaction with her, but go ahead and make that insight check. Uh, 18. 18. So from that, you are able to tell that she is trying to avoid this conversation. She really just doesn't want to talk about it at all. You're not sure why, because it doesn't seem like something that was overly traumatic for her, but she's treating it almost as if it was. Well, uh, Cordic, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was it. If you find you would like to uh, actually speak to me a little more forthrightly, 
I hope that you do. I think the best way for you to keep your job is for us to prove that it, this would have happened whether or not you fell asleep. So uh, I hope you think on that. And if not, well, maybe you can fall asleep employed with four other people guarding their stuff. I'm just gonna walk away. Alright. And you guys walk over towards the uh, the sewer grate or this manhole cover. Uh, and you come to it and the manhole cover is covered in veins of white powder seawater leaves when it evaporates. Uh, the powder has settled on the already grown moss that becomes flaky due to all the salt uh, if looked at from the perspective of a landscape painting it looks like dry hills in the country with a dust of snow uh, on the outer rim however you see where two hands gripped the cover and pulled it off showing the rust rusted metal underneath so as you guys were given the orders to kind of investigate this manhole or this the sewers and figure out what's going down here after the team noticed that this is obviously where something went from the warehouse uh we're gonna leave this till the next episode of dice heist for you guys to find out uh what actually went down here at this warehouse Alrighty. there's some suspicious stuff pieces. going on yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's definitely some stuff going on but uh we'll save that for next episode All right. uh yeah hope you guys enjoyed and uh see you next time thank you all for listening to this episode of dice heist our next episode will be released on Sunday, May 23rd at noon. I want to thank my three players, co-hosts, and partners, Aaron, Bronson, and Nick, for helping me bring this dream together. I mention this almost every episode, but this is truly a dream come true for me, being able to create this and have other people enjoy it. Uh, I want to give a special thanks to Nick for letting us use his song, Something For Now, as our intro and outro. And I'd also like to add Aaron to this list now uh, for writing and recording our Arc 1 recap from the perspective of Bertram. I think it came out great. I'd like to thank BattleBards.com for their help improving our show with their wonderful library of music. It gives me the ability to add whatever sound I need to for the background at all times and also to add that little bit of music to kind of boost the show. I'd like to thank my wife Erica for her support and her wonderful work on our show notes. I think that they're hilarious, and every time I read them, I chuckle. And additionally, she's also been helping me a little bit by writing some of my flavor text for the different encounters. As we mentioned before, we're always looking for new gadgets or magic items that can be added to the show. This is something that we're not exactly in need of anymore at this point, but if we see them sent to us, we'd love to be able to add them to the show, especially if they're smaller and less impactful to the story, we would definitely love to just add them in there and see your creations come to life inside of our podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at dice underscore heist and on our Facebook page 
at Dice Heist Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us there or send us an email at diceheistpodcast at gmail.com. As I mentioned last time, we are still doing our giveaway. As per the previous announcement, we are giving away a total of six items. Uh, two sets of dice, two owl keychains, and two scale mail dice bags. To win this cool stuff, all we ask is that you like, share, and follow us on either Facebook or Twitter. The shared post can be anything that we post, as long as it has a link to our site or has a link to any of our shows. So say you want to like and share one of the Facebook videos that gets auto-uploaded for us, you can do that. The whole point of this is to help us get a bigger audience, because the bigger our audience is, the more things we can do. That'll give us more time and more effort to be able to put forward a better product for you. So if you can, send it out on your social media platforms via the share, and guess what? You might get some cool stuff on top of it. That's it for now. Stay tuned for the next episode of Dice Heist. And it's been a while since we've had a blooper, but here's a little one for you. I thought... Well, I I was asking. I know, uh, I know. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just fucking around. I'm like confused. Okay, yeah, that was that was for you. <laughs> Sorry, because <laughs> uh, that's hmm. Maybe I got lost somewhere somewhere in this. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what Bertram is saying is that his his father is one of the high council members. Of the city of Agelfia. Right. And why did you? Bring I, up my he was just tongue in cheek <laughs> asking you, like, hey, is it just me or is, you know, does everyone's parents actually live a double life and from another city? I see. I see. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I have connected the dots, guys. <laughs> uh, and the bloopers continue. <laughs> Smooth brain moment. <laughs> I mean, I think we each have equal amounts of them now, so it's okay. <laughs>